This is a Lip Media Podcast. Content discussed on this podcast may be triggering for some individuals. So if you feel like today you can't quite handle it, that's totally fine. You can press pause and come back another day. Remember, we're always going to be here. And if you need immediate help, you can call Lifeline on 13 11 14. Hey everyone, welcome to If You Don't Mind, it's Madeline Sherrington here, your host as usual, welcoming you to the show. Uh, Guys, I just realised it's basically November tomorrow. No, is it November today? No, it's tomorrow. Um, Which means it's the nearly the end of the year, um, which also means, if you don't mind, season two is nearly wrapping up. Uh, I think I might have mentioned in a previous episode that we had three or four episodes to go, um, but it might be a little bit less just because I'm particularly burnt out after a very intense year and I need some R&R. But um, we'll definitely be getting a few more out to you and there'll be some fun things coming up over Christmas time, so don't you worry. Um, but I think, I mean, I say this so often, but like, thank you again for sticking with this and, and listening. I, I get so excited when people come up to me and say that they've listened to every episode and I say to them you don't need to do that (laughs) it's fine they're like no we want to Um, and that's always amazing and that's actually how I uh, found the guest for today uh, Jacqueline or Jack as she prefers to be called Um, so Jack actually messaged me on Instagram and told me you know I love your show I want to be involved and so I said to her how about you come on and she did and it was great Um, On today's show, we talk about kind of three very particular issues, which was really interesting. Um, The first being uh, Jack's experience as a PT, a personal trainer, and and how that actually caused her to develop uh, bulimia um, and just goes into a lot of detail regarding, you know, I I guess that the, the toxic workout slash diet culture that we that we live in um we also talk about her experiences with uh, psychosis and and going into hospital and getting a, a a diagnosis of borderline personality disorder and thirdly we talk about her her passion and that is uh she's studying to become a doctor um and is really interested in kind of shining a light on uh how how stressful it is not just not just to be a doctor, but actually to be studying to become one, which I thought was really interesting and really, really cool to hear about. So those are the three things we cover. It's a lot. It's very dense, but very exciting. Uh, Guys, in terms of a trigger warning, we do talk about psychosis, eating disorders, uh, spending time in a psychiatric facility, borderline personality disorder. If there's anything that I've just listed um, that you're not keen on, hearing about today, that's fine. Come back when you're ready. But this is Jack. I think it's a really great episode. I hope you like it. I'll see you on the other side. Um, so hello, Jacqueline uh, slash Jack. I've been told that I can call you that. That's fine. 
Yes. Yes. <laughs> Welcome to the show. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> um, I First of all, thank you so much for reaching out to me on Instagram. I love when people reach out and, you know, express an interest in the show. It's, you know, give me give me compliments and say I've been doing a good job. It's very lovely. Um, but I really appreciate you reaching out and, and wanting to come on the show because I feel like what you want to discuss and the things you want to talk about are really important. Um, so thank you so much for doing that. I really appreciate it. Um, I guess for the listeners out there, I'd love for you to tell us who you are, what you're about, what you do with yourself every day. That would be fantastic. Yeah. Well, thank you, Maddie, for having me on your show. Um, I've been following you right from the start, actually, which I think you started in like April or May, actually. La- yeah, last year. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um. Yeah, I just love what you're doing. It's so genuine and authentic. But what I do, so currently I am a full-time student. Um, I study biomedicine and neuroscience, mm-hmm. and I'm about to finish in a couple of weeks. Yay. <laughs> what, really? A couple of yeah. weeks? That's amazing. 15th of November. I'm so excited. Four years done. <laughs> wow, that's incredible. Congratulations. Thanks, Maddie. Um, I've also been a personal trainer for about five years. Mm-hmm. So after I finished high school, I took a gap year and that's when I did my PT course mm-hmm. and I got straight into the fitness industry and I was doing that while I was studying full time. And that's, I guess that's really like about it. I live in Bendigo and I travel to Melbourne for my study. Wow. How long does um, it take you to travel? It takes me <laughs> two hours if I'm driving to get oh. to on campus or two hours and 20 minutes public transport <laughs> mate that is a that is wait are we talking both ways no that's one way oh um two hours one way yeah so i've been doing that for the past two years and working on top of that like pretty much part-time so. that's incredible how do you have the time to do other things or do you not that's just that's what you do every day <laughs> i still manage to walk my dog and take care of him <laughs> oh my god you do have, you have a dalmatian don't you yeah yeah What's dominic the dalmatian Dom- dominic the dalmatian oh <laughs> stop when did you get him how long have you had him for i've had him i'll have him for 22 years no sorry <laughs> 22 years 20 seconds <laughs> no 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 22nd of october it'd be two years Oh, wow. What are Dalmatians like? Like, I have never really had a Dalmatian in my life. Like, what's their personality? What are they oh like? Oh, my God. Well, before getting him, I had a lot of people saying that uh, Dalmatians were dumb. Aww. But he is he is so smart and cheeky. Um, he can, like, roll over, twirl around. <laughs> he knows, like, sign language. He's just so cheeky. And so switched on. I love him. Absolutely adore him. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I feel like Dalmatians are like some of the most like beautiful dogs I've ever seen. Yeah. They just like look very elegant, very yeah. put together. And um, he's so spotty. Yes. He's got black eyes and black ears. And I'm like, yes, my dream dog. <laughs> That's so beautiful. Do you find he is really important for, um, like, maintaining, you know, good mental health and, and your overall well-being? Do you find that having him in your life is really helpful? 
Mm, yeah, one hundred percent. Having him with me all the time, um, just having you know, like a companion mm. and literally like a best friend, um, and the commitment to like training him. Yeah, like, and he howls if I don't feed him on time, or he'll <laughs> howl if I don't walk him on a regular basis. Yeah. And I love walking him, so he can howl at me and make me walk. That's fine. Yeah, we. Yeah, I am so grateful. I know. I think having them, I mean, I've spoken about my dog before, Mac, the Kelpie cross Staffy, the most ridiculous dog I've ever owned. Um, but for all his strange behavior and foibles, he is just the most loving dog. And I think coming home to them and just having someone that can't, can't really talk to you, but just like shows you love in a completely different way is really I'm important. so excited to see yeah, you it's, every it's time. Damn amazing. There's nothing better. Yeah. Um, and I feel like they're really good at picking up on like little changes in your mood. Definitely. Super um, intuitive. He, I remember when, well, when I'd previously been admitted into hospital, mm. um, he would howl oh. throughout the night. Yeah. That's so sad. Because my housemates were like, your dog was going nuts. Like, where have you been? What's happening? <laughs> oh, he wanted you to come home. That's so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. He's so switched on. I love that. Well, I mean, we could talk about dogs forever and we can probably talk about him again later. But I do have some uh, particular questions, obviously, I would like to ask you. So we, yeah. will, get, we will get into it. Um, I think your what your experiences are are really interesting in terms of like they're very varied and I've got, I've got so many questions and I feel like we could talk for hours. So I'm going to be very good and try and be concise. Um, I don't Same here. <laughs> Let's try and be concise. Okay. So I guess the first thing, I obviously your time working as a PT. So I'd, I'd love to know like, what got you out of it and what was the reasons behind that? So having consistently members, accumulation of five years of members just coming in and wanting to lose fat, get toned. Yeah. That's all they were focused on. And when, whenever I focused more on like their quality of life and instead of you know, changing your mindset to, you know, changing some of your habits mm-hmm. to ones that are going to fulfill you. Yes. That are going to make you happy and let, you know, let the weight loss or whatever, let just let that be a byproduct. Yeah. Yeah. And that was something that was very, very hard to get across. Um, and members like within the gym, not everyone was like on the same page. So, you know, you've got one person saying this, you go to a different workout. They're saying the complete opposite to me. It was a female gym. Mm. Um, however, my manager was a male. <laughs> interesting. <laughs> yes. Very interesting. Okay. Um, nothing against males. Don't get me no, wrong no, or anything like fine. that. But, um, it kind of got to a point where he was, he was someone that didn't have a growth mindset. Um, he came from an accounting background cool. and was running a gym. So he was just plugging numbers and whatnot. He lacked the compassionate care and I kind of had enough. Um, I called quits, you know, five years. And I just, I was like, this is against my integrity. And that's what it was. Yep. Um, and I didn't want to support someone that I didn't believe in. Mm. And I didn't want to be constantly told this is how we like do things. You know, I didn't want to be molded into this person that I'm not. I didn't want to pretend to be this different person. I just couldn't. Mm. So yeah, that, that's, 
my reason for leaving. I just quit. <laughs> no, that makes complete sense, I guess, if it goes against everything you're trying to preach yeah. and, you know, teach people. Like, that would be so hard to continue in that particular industry because there's just so much bullshit, right? Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I feel like I look at so many Instagram models and, like, fitness, like, influences and blah, 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 and I'm like, it's just bullshit, right? Like, that's kind of what it feels like. Yeah, it is. It really is. And it just the amount of girls that came in depressed mm-hmm. and eating disorders, it <sighs> fucking hell, that's all I can say. Yeah. Oh, 100%. 100%. I'm sure it would be extremely toxic and yeah. I feel like yeah, if I feel like just obviously speaking to you briefly, I feel like this goes that would go against a lot of your own values um it would be very hard to continue in that industry if that's yeah the opposite of what you want to kind of put out there right yeah exactly and this i guess i think you mentioned kind of led to your own struggles with bulimia Mm. um how did that how did that kick off how did that start well i would i have always had struggles with my body image especially because being uh being like a personal trainer or someone taking classes yeah people look up to you they look at you and they have this expectation that you're the epitome of someone who is really healthy and fit they work out all the time you're toned and whatever but I'm again it's just coming back to that standpoint is I'm human too yes and my there was a couple of comments like where my manager has told me he's just like oh he mentioned something about another co-worker and he was like something along the lines she doesn't really fit the body part maybe you do but you're not quite there and you know what I was just like what the fuck and (laughs) I kind of just let it be for a while, but you know, when that's happening multiple Mm. times, you know, it accumulates. And then I just was, had enough. Um, so coming from that perspective, yes, I, you know, it really hurt, like hits your self confidence, Mm. especially I've always been someone that's really conscious of my body. Yep. And, I think because of the closure of the um, the gyms this year, yes, I reckon that's what really hit hard with me because I was someone who overtrained. Mm. I overtrained so much to the point where I was like, I don't even like care. I just have to like work out. It's going to make me feel better. Mm. It started to then get like into a really slippery slope where it started to become punishment. Right. I started punishing myself. And then because I wasn't getting results and I was thinking to myself, like, I don't look toned enough. I don't look skinny enough. Um, I need to take, I need to amp this up a bit. So that's when I started purging on a really regular basis. Like it it got really bad to the point where Mm. um, it's completely like illogical looking back on it. But when when you're in the thick of it, you really just, you're not aware Mm. or you are aware but you just don't really care and I was uh, like I was so depressed so I was I was purging like sometimes even twice a day it got serious when I started having heart issues oh really okay yeah impact on your heart after a while Mm. yeah 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 it's puts you at a really high risk of having a heart attack or a stroke jeez and it, it is really scary 
Um, and I was over-exercising on top of that. Mm. So I was exercising about two to three times a day. Two because, times a day. Yeah, because I, I got so obsessed mm. with working out and wanting to have this body type because I wanted to, I don't know, have this figure in my head. Yeah. So, yeah, it just, especially with the gyms closing, um, that was my downfall. And yeah. have you have you started to kind of get uh, like a hold on it? Have you have you started to 100%. kind of – Yeah, yeah. How's 100%. that been? Uh, past two months, I would say, I'm definitely not having heart issues anymore. Good. Thank God. Good. And I've recovered from like the burnout of it because mm. – of course, like eventually I was going to crash and I was bed. I was actually bedridden for a couple of days. I stopped yeah. exercising for about a month and I've started seeing a dietitian. Actually, I will start seeing my dietitian tomorrow. Yay. Oh, congratulations. Um, just to help guide me um, because, yeah, I being a personal trainer, I do know a bit about nutrition and stuff, but I also am not afraid to ask for that help. Oh, of course. And someone to cheer me on, you know. And that's the um, thing. Like, I, I don't know about you, but I feel like I see on Instagram all the time, like, fitness models or fitness influencers or whatever you want to call them, like, giving out diet advice. And I hate it so much because I'm like, that, no. Stop Oh, it. I know. Stop. I know. And Especially, like, yeah. the magazines yes. and they're, like, fat-blasting workout. I'm like, fuck off. Not a thing. Like, <laughs> it's, it's actually not. Not a thing. And even like, yeah, even um, from a science background, there yeah. isn't. There's no such thing as a fat blasting workout. <laughs> it really like. <laughs> I feel like a workout is just a workout. Like it'll it it'll, is. it'll just generally tone you. Or whatever. Like I feel like that's it. It'll just improve yeah. your like if you're cardiovascular running, yeah. fitness, build a bit of muscles, exactly. you know, good for your bone density and mental health. That's right. That's how it should be seen, not not as this fat blasting workout, which I 100% still see all coming yes. through my feed, even though I've unfollowed those people. Yeah, and putting it really, yeah, putting the label on these workouts and making fat to be this bad thing when it's just it's a natural thing it really is of, yeah i i think what you just said then in terms of exercise should be about like feeling good like improving yeah. your bone density like all that kind of stuff like not about losing weight it's just yeah. another way to stay you know healthy yeah. i guess it's quality what does healthy life. even mean you know these days but um I, I, that's so true that's so so true and like i think I'm pretty sure we're kind of getting to this point now in science where we're realizing like most diets don't work. Like when we think mm -hmm. about a diet, like a fad mm. diet, it's literally just about consistency and balance. And it's annoying that we're still hearing these things like do the keto diet, do the paleo diet, do all these diets. It's like just, just eat some food and don't overdo it. You'll be fine kind of yeah. thing. Listen um, to your body. Yeah, exactly. I've been really like into this whole like health at every um, size um, mm. kind of stuff at the moment. Yeah, pain or way of like it's like it's kind of like a way of practicing uh, like a like dietitian kind of stuff. I don't really know who started it, um, but I think it's really interesting. Have you read much about it? 
No, who's it by? It's like I don't know who wrote who like came up with the whole idea. How that every <gasps> wait, hang on, is it Embrace by Taryn? I don't know. It's she's an Aussie, and I know that she has blonde hair <laughs> <laughs> and maybe like hazel eyes. <laughs> um, it's like it's basically just like a a weight inclusive approach to health. So. Yeah, people yeah. who are practitioners of it advocate that like a focus on healthy behaviors rather than a focus on reducing body size is like yeah. the most useful way to support people yes which oh. is so true yes yeah <laughs> and you know if it's the person who i'm thinking of taryn we implemented one of her programs at the gym that i was working at and it was just an embrace program six weeks but mm. after that the gym just went straight back into his old habits. Really? Yeah. There was no big mindset change, not even with the workers. Um, It just went straight back into his old habits. And, oh, yeah. (laughs) It just wouldn't adapt. It wouldn't change. Uh, Yes, it is Taryn. Yeah. (laughs) I I don't know if she she did it, but she's like a a practitioner of it, which is really cool. Yeah, yeah. Sick. But no, I'm very into it right now because I feel like that's the way it should be, just like doing things for like – I don't know, just like, yeah, ensuring For that your people own feel happiness. Healthy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. A hundred percent. I'd like to backtrack a bit because I know I kind of went full full <laughs> speed into all the things that I find really interesting about you, but um, I guess I'd like to kind of know a bit more broadly about like what your mental health journey has been like in terms of, specifically in terms of your experiences um, going into hospital and that kind of thing, especially mm-hmm. um, I think you, you mentioned to me previously uh, like disassociation and, and, yeah. and having experiencing psychosis so I'd really like to hear about what your experiences have been like in reference to that I kind of align it all with uni uh, because my first year that's when I got into a really severe depression um and that's when I started having experiences of dissociation as well and can you can you tell us what that's like for like listeners who who might not know what it is what does it feel like oh what does it feel like it feels like it sort of feels like you're leaving your body and you're sort of just watching yourself externally. Wow. Your, your body doesn't feel like it's yours. Yeah. Like it just feels like this detached object. Um, that's how I commonly dissociated and felt mm-hmm. like the world around me just wasn't really connected to me at all. Mm. Like I felt like I was invisible. Um, that's when it got really bad. So I, I was unmedicated. Mm-hmm. as well so I was seeing a counselor for I think maybe the first two years of the uni and that's when he mentioned borderline personality disorder and I had never heard of that I was like what no I don't even know what you mean mm. <laughs> um but now when I'm looking at it it definitely makes sense because one of the core features of borderline is dissociative experiences really okay yeah I know that. Interesting. yeah yeah um, how did you feel when he, he said that, that diagnosis to you? I assume you kind of like went home and looked it up and yeah, potentially he sent me a scared yourself. Yeah, he sent me a resource because it, sound, it's, it sounds really scary mm. when someone is like, you have a personality disorder. Mm. 
I'm like, what's a, what even is a personality disorder? Yeah. Does that, does that mean I'm broken? Because oh. that's how I felt. I felt very broken and yeah. empty. Empty is another one of the core features of borderline. Mm. And you physically feel empty in your chest. Like there's something missing. And my emotions were all over the place. I remember, <laughs> I remember I would spend pretty much all day at the library at uni and my sister was there with me mm. and I felt so depressed that I would go to the bathroom and just sit in there and cry. But, and then I'd come back, do my work. And that was just like the repeat. I kept going. And that's just, yeah, I just kept going. And then things started to spiral even more because I relocated from Melbourne to back home, then to Bendigo. Yes. Okay. That's a big, yeah. a lot of movement. <clears throat> yeah. A lot of movement during uni semester. <laughs> wow. I just feel like it's very common, a common story for young people is like uni just fucks them up and they're like, Bleh, just things happen. I feel like yeah. it's because, I feel like often it's also because you're out of high school and you don't have that routine anymore. And all of a sudden you're just left to your own devices. You are. You're becoming independent and mm. you don't really have, you know, the safety net. Yes. I you agree. know? Yeah. So moving to Bendigo, I finally, I'm still in the same place and I finally have stability environmentally. However, there was something still wrong and that was obviously because I was suffering from borderline, but I wasn't too sure about it still. Yeah. So yeah. I stopped seeing a counselor because I relocated and then it's a bit all like a blur. I started seeing a psychologist here because my sister got me into one and my experiences with that, uh, I've seen a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was, it was, a, it was okay. Um, I didn't find it really helpful. Yeah. So then I got moved on to a different one and it just, it's just like this constant change. I couldn't yeah. find stability in someone that I clicked with. I understand. Yeah. But I also, I remember having such a fear of that diagnosis. I thought, oh, my fucking god! If if I've got borderline, I'm not getting. I'm not going to be a doctor. My whole career's gone. Oh, this is why. So actually, yes, now okay. that I'm thinking about it, I I didn't want to see a psychologist. I didn't want to see anyone. I didn't want to reach out or anything because I was so scared of my career. And that's when things started to get bad. Mm-hmm. And that's when my sister got me to see the psychologist. Yeah, sorry, that was a bit of a whirlwind. No, there. no, I got that. Um, things I'm not too sure is such a blur because of the dissociation. It can impair your memory. Yeah. Um, all I know is that I had a relationship breakdown um, and I was also burnt out from traveling to Melbourne back and forth and working. Yeah. So because of the relationship breakdown, I think that's when I started. That's when I had the psychosis episode mm-hmm. because it was just too much. Yeah. Um, and how did that, how did that come out or present itself? I remember being on the train and I kept like fidgeting mm-hmm. and I can, like I knew something is wrong, but I fiz- like mentally I couldn't think my mind was like this chaotic mess. Like, you know, a scribble, like yes. a scribble drawing yeah. oh, that, that is the best way to describe it. You're, I lost connection with right. my reality Yeah, and it's a bit blurry, but I remember I was I was acting like a child, so I've like re- reverted mm-hmm. back to being a child, and became extremely paranoid about people on the train and people, the neighbors. So 
that is pretty much how it presented itself mm. because I was like running around on the street saying, oh my God, they're going to call the cops. They're going to say that I'm unfit yeah. to go in a postgrad. Wow. And that pretty much stemmed from the fear of not being able to pursue my career. Which is a very like <laughs> real fear. I completely understand that. And I was hospitalized after that. My first admission to hospital, I don't really remember because I was <laughs> drugged up a little bit, you know, yes. <laughs> calm me down, yes. especially because it was my first admission. And I was so scared. I was just thinking, great, that's going to be on my record. But I can definitely say that being admitted to the psych ward isn't as bad as people make out or it seems. Yep. It's the people in there, some of them are really ill, but you can actually connect with others mm-hmm. because they're just, they're so genuine and no one, no one's judging you or anything like that. And that's what was my big fear. I was like, I do not belong in here. I'm not ill. This is not possible. And then when I finally started having the conversations and I started opening up to the psychiatrists and I told them my fear because I held on to that since my first year. So we're about in year three of uni. Mm. So about three years I held on to that. And I remember the first psychiatrist that I told and she just laughed at me and <laughs> she was like, oh, trust me, doctors have mental health issues issues too. Like we're just human. Wow. And I was like, you have no idea how much that has impacted me. Yes. You know, they're only human and mm. it's definitely prevalent in doctors. I knew that, but I didn't want to be one of those people. Mm. I didn't, yeah. And I've really held on to that so dearly because she's truly, truly impacted Isn't me. it amazing how just like a sentence, like a bit, like just one conversation can yeah. completely change your worldview? I find that so fascinating and, and mm. empowering. Yeah. Wow. 100%. And in terms of medication, I started that, it would be about a year ago, I started taking antidepressants and an antipsychotic, mm. um, which we've had to change multiple times to try and find like the right combination and whatnot. Yep. And oh, I can tell you like a trial and error <laughs> of medications where a year later, and I'm pretty much going back onto the same ones that I initially started with. Wow. And the reason I didn't have access to one of the antipsychotics was because of the price. It was like over a hundred dollars a month. Oh. And it was only reserved for people who suffered from schizophrenia. Right. So okay. yeah, yeah. So <laughs> now that I've like I've got access to it, not because I've got schizophrenia, but they've got different like PBS codes yes, that they yes, can yes, put yes, on your yes. scripture. Yeah. Um so we've gone pretty much full circle and we finally have found a combination of medication that works wow. for me. So it's taken a year, but I can definitely say like it actually helps when you find the ones that work for your body. Yes. And, oh, my God, like, I'm so much more happier and calmer. Mm. Um, and that it's – I think the combination has worked in about two or three weeks, which is amazing. It's incredible. Because normally it takes a couple of months, you know. They yeah. say, oh, you got to wait about eight weeks. And the eight weeks is probably going to be the longest eight weeks of your life sometimes. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> oh, I understand. Yes. Oh yeah. my God. That's amazing. 
Yeah, it, it really is. I was like- so grateful that I've gone on medication because that oh, was yeah. something I was actually didn't want to. Yeah, it's I didn't scary. want to at all. I didn't want to at the beginning as well. I was like, no, nah, that's not for me. Thanks. Yeah. I'm good. I can do it alone. <laughs> yeah. And I was still in that mindset where I didn't have borderline. Yeah. Or complex PTSD as well. Yeah, I was still in that mind frame. I was wow. denying it to protect myself. That's but it was incredible. Yeah. Uh, the mind is very incredible. <laughs> I agree. I think, I mean, obviously, that's why I do this podcast because I think <laughs> at this, although it can be so scary and so difficult to live with um, a mental health condition, uh, it is so incredibly. F- I don't know, I can't really describe it or, like, find the right word, but when you start to feel better and you find things that work, it's so freeing and liberating and there's nothing better because I think for a while a lot of people often feel like this is it, this is my life, this is my reality. I feel like uh, mental illness is is so paradoxical. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I get it. Because, yeah, yeah. When you're in the thick of it, you literally can't think or you think this is it. But when you're actually on the opposite side, you feel the opposite way. And you actually feel, well, for me, I feel grateful for my experiences 100%. Yep. I think it's Mm. like no one wants, no one chooses to experience this stuff, right? Like, no. You're not, no one opts in for, you know, a complex mental illness, but it's, it's, I think, I think it's important to have difficult experiences because they build you and they help you learn and like without experiences. Yeah, you don't grow. I mean, again, like obviously it would be great if we could choose which ones we have. We can't. Um, but you, you just can't really, I don't think you can evolve. You don't go through at least something difficult in your life. And obviously it would be great if we could have less of those things. Um, Mm. I I don't think, uh, there are some people who clearly have way too many and they do not need to have those so many terrible experiences, but luck is obviously part of it. But yeah, I, I 100% agree. It's it makes you who you are. It's sort of a passion of mine. Um, looking at how our workplaces can be very toxic, and how certain industries can be very um, you know harmful to our to our mental health, including the, including when we're studying for those particular industries as well. So I would really like to hear about your experiences um, as like a pre-med student and just generally speaking how that has uh, impacted you and, and what, what are your takeaways. I want to hear all about it. Oh, okay. That's actually quite broad. <laughs> I thought we were being concise. <laughs> I tried. I failed. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's fine. Okay. So one thing that I've definitely noticed as a pre-med student, it's such a competitive environment. Getting into post-grad is, is really hard. It's a long road. And I think there's like about, I think just in Victoria, there's about 5,000 students that apply Wow. and maybe thousand or less actually get into post-grad. 
So there's just a little bit of a ballpark of the numbers. So when I say competitive, it is, it is very competitive. Making friends at uni and you felt like if you find someone that has a, like a common dream or pathway, they don't even want to be your friend because it's a competition. And that's what I found. It's quite disheartening. People like outside, like family and friends, when they found out that um, I'm wanting to pursue medicine, they assume that uni life is pretty easygoing or Hmm. it's kind of laid back you know especially undergrad or they assume that you're just gifted like Hmm. naturally smart and that's that's definitely not the case it's a lot of hard work I've also had a few people comment and say oh you're going to be earning like heaps of money and rah 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 you're going to be a doctor people just don't understand how much time commitment and money you really invest in yourself as a student one exam so the GAMSAT the graduate admission medical exam or something like that is about $500 per sitting oh my god that's so much and Yeah, yeah, it really is. It adds up, especially tutors. Ballpark numbers about sixty to eighty dollars an hour as well. Not many people, uh, Australian students on Instagram or like YouTube, talk about the Gamsat. Only the past, I'd say, year. There's been a couple of students in New South Wales that have spoken more about their journey in medicine. Often they don't start talking about their journey until they're in postgrad. No one in, no one in pre-med wants to talk about it because you, you're not there yet. Yeah. You're not going to be a doctor until you are you are in medical school. Wow. <laughs> I never thought of it that um, way. Okay. Well, that, that's, that's my experience and my perspective on it. And that's what I've found for the past four years. Yeah. Like what made you, what has driven you to become a doctor, if you don't mind me asking? Oh, I have a lot of answers to that question. (laughs) I don't think there's any other career that intertwines art and science together. And it's, I feel like being a doctor is a real core of, well, being human. It's connecting to others and people in a vulnerable state. And um, just with uh, previous experiences with vulnerability and stuff, you really, you, you want someone who is, like a good person that you can trust in. And that's what I strive to be. That's very articulate. I think it's it's interesting when you have really bad experiences in, um, you know, like uh, the public health system and you potentially have, you know, doctors who don't listen to you or, or don't treat you the way that you you kind of feel like you deserve to be treated. I, I can understand mm. you wanting to then take that and be the opposite and yeah. ensure that whoever you treat and whoever you look after is getting that holistic care, not just about treating symptoms, but like, you know, just having someone there to reassure them and really support them, which I feel like is... 100%. Yeah, which I feel like is kind of where you're going with that. So I think that's really interesting and a a really cool way of looking at it because I don't don't necessarily know that a lot of other people, maybe I'm wrong, but... um, I don't necessarily think that that's the main reason people go into medicine. Mm. Um, I think people do think about like obviously wanting to treat and care, but it's very interesting to come from it in that terms of, in that angle of like, I've had really bad experiences, therefore I want to make better ones. I think that's Mm. really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely been a few doctors that I've crossed paths with and I, I just think I'm definitely not letting you deter me. Yes. Yes, (laughs) Um, Yes. Yes. Because I definitely want to be like the opposite of you. Well, that's how they come across anyway. But and I have come across some really 
really amazing doctors mm. and I just aspire them. It's really interesting. Like I remember when I was younger, my mum said to me, you know, there should be like a, there should be some, like some sort of like test that people go through if they want to become a doctor to just make sure they're a good person. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, I feel that. I agree. Sometimes you're like, oh my God, you're in this for the wrong reasons or you are not suited to this. Oh, I would like to think that the, they're just burnt out. I like to think that they are a good person. They come from a good place, but they've just got compassion burnout or mm. or something like that. And that's unfortunately burnout presents like that. Because that's the big thing, right? Compassion burnout. I've heard of that before. Is that 100%. kind of like, is that in a way like you kind of desensitize yourself to things and you can't yeah. feel it as, as strong? Exactly. Um, so, yeah, have, being so compassionate towards others, it takes energy and it can be draining, especially if you're not, you know, filling your cup up. You're not taking the time because whatever career or um, specialization that you go into, being a doctor um, or even researcher, it's a, it's a really full-on demanding job. Yeah. So, yeah, you really do need to have that self-care time. Yeah, that, that makes complete sense. I just think it's – I think it's really interesting how you are trying to shine a light on this stuff, like, and you haven't even got to that post <laughs> – that post-study. Yeah. You're, and you're already being like, there are still, like, some major issues with how this process even begins. And I think that's yeah. really important because – how can you change things structurally within the medical community if the process for getting there is still so toxic and, and competitive and, and in some cases dangerous, I guess? Yes, it's it's dangerous for your mental health. Yeah, 100%. Like, I feel like I've read so many studies and, I mean, I can't remember exact numbers where there's like just high levels of depression and anxiety within medical students and the same for like other students in like law degrees and things like that where it's very intense and competitive. And that just concerns me. It really concerns yeah. me. Yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> um, so... Um, we're nearly out of time. So I have um, one more question to ask you. And that is, I guess, for anyone who is going into uni and they are experiencing or they're living with a complex mental health condition, what would be some advice you would give them to kind of uh, ensure that their, their management and, and their, their balance is, is correct and, yeah, just, just how they should be going into it? Yeah, yeah. That is such... A great question. Definitely seek help and don't be afraid to seek help, especially from the uni mm. because uni, depending which university you go to actually, but they provide doctors, counsellors, a psychiatrist. Mm -hmm. And that's where I initially started gotcha. as well. Yep. Also, uni uh, offers, well, Swinburne where I study, they offer... I think they call it an accessibility plan. Mm -hmm. So if I need, like if I'm having a really like depressed week or something or a panic attack and I need an extension or I need to set, um, sit my exam in like a separate room with like from others instead of being with a thousand others in the same room, um, they can cater to that. It's sort of like a, a mental health care plan. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, so definitely organize one of them. Mm -hmm. Look into scholarships as well. Interesting. I didn't apply to any scholarships until my fourth year. And really? Yeah. 
Yeah. Because I, that just stems from the feeling of being unworthy, yeah. but you, you're 100% worthy because when you get that money, I can reassure you that you're going to be so grateful and you are going to use it mm. for the good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they're the, sort of the three things that come to mind, seeking help, getting a care plan organized from the uni. Mm-hmm. Um, and looking into scholarships. Oh, and also I'll add on to that, having a good foundation of a support network. Mm-hmm. 100% that. Um, and that was the one thing that I was lacking mm. until about, well, th- until this year. Yeah. Until this year. And I'm in my fourth year. And I can tell you now that if I had a stronger, if I had stronger foundations of what those four things mm from year one, my journey would be completely different. I feel like that's really good, solid, practical advice that like, yeah, it's like access. Like if you can access these things, do it. Like just don't yes. be afraid to access the things if they're available to you. Yes. And like yes. get rid of that like internalized stigma where you're like, oh, I don't deserve it because I've only got this. So mm-hmm. I don't, mine's not as bad as this. Like, no, yeah. not a thing. How, yeah. How about just apply for it and then let them Assess Decide. It. Assess exactly. it. 100%. And you know what? If they reject it, do it again. <laughs> yes. Be bold. Yes. Back yourself. And I feel like also if you can, get a dog. That's another piece of <laughs> Yes. Do that. If Or a cat. Like if you're a cat person. I don't know. I'm not, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a cat person. Neither. I would definitely recommend a dog. Yeah. But if you're a cat person, get a cat. Just like having an animal in your life is really um, – I just also saw that in New South Wales um, that – uh, pets are now officially allowed in every New South Wales apartment. <laughs> so, That's amazing because guys, I'm, looking, oh, I'm looking to move to New South Wales for my postgrad. There you go, gal. <laughs> Fixed yes. it. Fixed it for you. <laughs> amazing. Where are you going to study your postgrad if you, if you get in? No, well, when, you get in, when you get when in. When I get in, I'm definitely going to get in. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Um, Wollongong. Uh, well, I, I'm actually moving to Wollongong in a month or two. So, ah, oh, lovely. You have a friend there, dude. You have a friend. Yes. Yeah. Well, look, I'll be stalking you. Oh, I, need to, <laughs> I need to meet your Dalmatian. I've decided I'm coming over yeah. to meet him. I've just I'm inviting myself into your life. You He's go. such a sook. Oh, oh my god. That's what you want. You want a sooky dog. I love it. And um, smooches people. Oh, that's what I want. Look, thank you so much for for taking the time to talk to me today jack i really appreciate it um yeah you've done such a fantastic job being open and sharing your experiences in the real world i think is really important like these real world world experiences and and examples are very important so thank you so much i really appreciate it no worries at all thank you so much for having me on your podcast oh absolute pleasure Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Uh, I hope you liked that episode with Jack. I think she did a really fantastic job highlighting, you know, those areas that she has a lot of experience in. And I was very impressed. Uh, I think uh, I don't think we mentioned it in the, the episode. I think I had to cut it out because of some crappy 
interference with the audio. Uh, but Jack actually has started this uh, fantastic Instagram page. It's called aspiring underscore Dr. Blondie. Um, and she's trying to have really honest uh, conversations about mental health, um, especially when it comes to those who are studying medicine or, or working in the, the medical field. So I really recommend you check it out. Go follow her because she's doing some good stuff over there. Um, but thank you so much, Jack, for coming on the show and, and being honest and and raw with us. I really appreciate it as per usual. Um, before I go, guys, just a, a little bit of a social media, I guess, whip around. <laughs> uh, if you want to interact with me, you can on Facebook. You just type in if you don't mind and you'll find me there. Um, on Instagram, it's if you don't mind podcast. Uh, so please chuck me a follow. DM me if you want to be on the show. You're more than welcome to. Um, if you want to contact me in another way, uh, you can reach me at if you don't mind podcast at gmail.com. I'm always always willing to have a chat, um, speak about you being on the show. So please drop me a line if that's something you want to do. Uh, I haven't uh, flagged this in a while, but if you want to uh, review me on on Apple Podcasts, that would be amazing. Uh, you can just go there and uh, drop me a nice little review. That would be lovely. And finally, if you would like to become a patron of the show, you can type in, if you don't mind, into the Patreon search bar and you'll find me there and you can uh, support the show for as little as $2 a month. It's nothing. (laughs) Guys, uh, that's all we have time for today. Uh, I think, as I said, we're nearly wrapping up for the, the year and it's just been such a a fantastic experience and I really really appreciate um, all the support all the love that I've been getting I think uh, obviously ever since I've joined uh, the lip media podcast network uh, the popularity of the show has has gone up and that's really exciting I don't know where it's gonna go from here uh, I hope to kind of grow it more and more um, but I need your help uh, so if you can tell a friend about the show interact with me uh, you know, do anything you want. Uh, help me get the show, help me get the show more recognized. Uh, I just want to create a community, I guess. I really want this to be something that, that helps people. I know it sounds so lame. Uh, anyway, uh, guys, thank you so much for listening as usual. Uh, be kind to yourselves, be kind to one another. And, uh, when you can listen to someone else's story, because it will change the way you think about life and, interact with the world. I'll see you guys later. Bye.